Hey, and welcome to Cybersecurity Hot Takes. I'm Reese, a marketing manager, joined today by Jason Casey, our CTO, and Nelson Mello, our founding engineer and global sales engineer guru. Today, I'm going to come up in here with a hot take that says, friction when it comes to authentication is not a bad thing. What do you guys think about that? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like Jason has been doing a lot of talking about uh, friction lately. <laughs> what a frictiony response, Nelson. <laughs> the, uh, let's see. Oh, wow. It's snowing again. The, uh, is friction a bad thing? Uh, friction, uh, it depends, right? The, the, the wishy-washy answer that everyone always wants to hear. Um, if, if, if something of consequence is happening, right? If someone's trying to move a large amount of money, if someone is trying to, um, uh, uh, to turn on or off the, the dam control, so to speak, introducing friction just to slow things down and make sure that you are executing the right command for the right person in the right context is not a bad thing. If the risks are low, uh, if you have strong confidence in all of those, uh, those items, right. The, the, uh, the risk of the claimed identity, the risk of the device they're operating from and the criticality of what they're trying to do, then getting out of the user's way is a good thing, right? Like I think the, the, the thread that we were pulling on the other day was security products that don't consider UX or design, uh, for the end users, ultimately encourage their end users to create vulnerabilities and workarounds and defeat the security control to begin with. And I think passwords are a great example of that. Um, passwords are also a great example of a high point of friction, which is why um, you know the, uh, the path of least resistance for end users is really just to remember two or three passwords and just keep using them over and over and over again in simple permutations. It doesn't really solve any problems for them from a security perspective, but it's easy to remember. And um, by the way, no matter how those passwords are created, they're probably available on some uh, some download off Pacebet. And even if they weren't, uh, it's fairly trivial to fish and man in the middle people uh, as they authenticate into services and then use an MFA. So friction is uh, friction is a good thing if applied directly. But uh, I do think there's a false trade off between um, uh, good security and low end user friction. Yeah, and Nelson, when you're building for friction. How do you think about it as a lever that can be turned on and off? Because sometimes I don't think friction should be a thing at all when you're logging in, if it's not risky, like it pisses people off and alienates them. So how do you code for that? How do you build for those scenarios? It's an interesting question because I was talking to a customer the other day and they used an analogy that I, I kept thinking about and I think it's pretty good. Um, when I'm, I live in an apartment and when I'm trying to enter my apartment every day, I just use my key. Um, there's no weird friction associated with that because it's a thing I sh I'm supposed to be doing every day. I'm just going to work and using my key to access my apartment. But um, if I'm coming with a bunch of people, somebody at the door in, in the building is going to stop me and say, hey, you're trying to get a hundred people into the building, what, what's going on here. And if I lose my key, right, I, I don't have access to my door anymore. I can call my wife and say, Hey, can you come over and, and use the key? That's a little bit of friction. But if we both lost it, 
I have to call the super. And there's even more friction associated with that. So it, it that analogy happens in the real world every day. And it's it sucks that authentication it doesn't use something like that. Just grade the level of uh, of requirements you put on, on any transaction based on the criticality of the thing you're doing and how common that, that transaction is. Yeah. So with that in mind, how would you guys respond to this statement or philosophy? Frictionless by default, but friction only when needed. Do you think that that's something that those are rules to live by or is it not that simple? I would add a little bit of context, right? So every now and then someone might get confused um, and and translate no friction as in no authentication. Um, and that's not that's not really what we're talking about, right? But with the, the introduction of modern technologies like secure enclaves and using uh, local authentication, whether it's biometric based or local pin based to guard an asymmetric key that you then use to authenticate yourself to a remote service, like all of that can happen silently without the user even understanding anything I just said and provide an incredibly high degree of trust uh, of the, the claimed identity and the device it's operating from. But it's not perfect, right? And sometimes you might want to dial up even over that and engage the end user in some way and say, hey, uh, because of the thing you're trying to do right now, I just want to verify one more time, hey, flash your finger, flash your face, put your local pen in, do all three, do the hokey pokey, and then we'll proceed. If, if it's a risky operation, if it's an infrequent operation, if it's a, an operation that seems out of the norm for this particular person, then friction's not necessarily a bad thing. But, but, but friction within context of what is the claim, what is the likelihood of the claimed identity? What is the security posture of the device someone's trying to operate from? And what's the criticality or the importance of what they're trying to do? And then friction just becomes a slope uh, given those variables. Mm. So what are some tactics along that slope? Like you mentioned pin, biometric, how would you rank like easy friction versus like, you know, hard friction, asking a lot of the user because the risks are high? Like what's the spectrum look like? And where's there room for innovation along that spectrum? Nelson, you wanna, you wanna take this one since you interact with uh, like deployments the most? Yeah. Um... By far, the lowest friction is is doing nothing and, and using environmental factors and, mm-hmm. and stuff you know about the device and the identity for low criticality applications. But then you can use a pin. That's a little step up. Uh, a biometric is, I'm sorry, the other way around. A biometric person, then a pin. It's a little step up. Um, we've seen uh, solutions that try to do some sort of identity proofing. And, and then you have to show your face on, or ticket by a hash. Um, we've seen solutions that try to do um, some document-based, government document-based authentication, um, and then use that again when they're trying to step you up. Um, and eventually you, you start to get to um, combining those. So maybe one on the other, a pin and a biometric, or maybe um, you have to be in a certain network to be able to access. Um, those are the, the major ones I see. Yeah. And then there, I would say there's there's other things you can do that may or may not uh, show up as end user friction. Um, so for instance, it's not just about the claimed identity, but it's also about the, the security posture of the device. Uh, if someone is trying to retrieve sensitive data, 
uh, if someone is trying to, if let's say it's someone in your pro serve force who's a contractor and using a contractor supplied device and, and intentionally they're about to pull down some of your customer's data because that's why you hired them, right? To help you grow that customer deployment faster. Um, you probably want to make sure that the data controls that are expected that you probably signed up for when you sold that customer your service are in fact present on that contractor's device, which, which may actually be a little tricky for you to do, right? You probably aren't pushing your tools down there. You're, so if you could somehow take that into consideration in a lightweight authentication scheme, you're, you're increasing your understanding of the context, right? And, and as a result, maybe you don't need to impose user friction. Uh, sometimes maybe that's not enough and you want to actually interact some way with what's on the device and, so, and what cloud services might know about the device, the device's history and the person and the person's history. And while those are kind of all queries uh, that don't involve reaching out to the end user, they can impart a latency on access. Uh, so the end user would, would, would see that as things taking a little bit longer to access, which would certainly show up as, as end user, right? They're hearing the elevator music for a little longer than they're used to. But again, you're gaining more context to make sure that you can move forward for whatever this end user is trying to do with the confidence that it's who they say they are uh, and that they're prepared uh, to receive the data or do the thing they're trying to do relative to what it is they're trying to do. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's worth mentioning the memo from the OMB um, and US government about how agencies are required to use phishing resistant MFA. I'm sure that filled a lot of organizations with dread because for most people, multi-factor authentication equals friction. So do we see this moment in time as an opportunity to change things up? And, and what does this mean for MFA friction and authentication at this juncture? So the, the, the OMB put out a directive and the, the result of their directive was they were basically saying, most of you need to get MFA in place. And for those of you that haven't, or for those of you that have deployed MFA, uh, most of them are insufficient. And the reason, so the audience of this, by the way, is federal agencies. Um, but essentially what they're saying is uh, existing access and authentication solutions have largely been security theater. Uh, they don't prevent bad things from happening. They don't even tell you when a bad thing has happened. You buy a bunch of other products to do that. Uh, and then you go after the fact and try and figure out what happened to revoke credentials. Um, what the, what, the, what the, the draft does is it kind of lays out a zero trust architecture approach. It clearly calls out identity as a necessary component of that approach. And what they're trying to eliminate the case for is um, uh, phishing and man in the middle and password stuffing and ATO for initial access, for initial login access. Um, there's other things in that uh, document too, but they're, 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 they're moving at light speed for the government, right? They're saying these agencies need to have this in place by the end of 2024, and it must be in place for all of their internal usage, and it should be in place for their external usage. And what it is specifically to uh, identities and access, it really is trying to provide it, is trying to nudge people to deploy solutions that aren't trivially fishable, right? And trivially exploitable. And when we say trivially, what we mean is go to GitHub, <laughs> download one or two specific tools with a minimal amount of configuration, i.e. A, a, a very unsophisticated level of, of, of exploitative capability um, start phishing and stealing access tokens from targeted users 
um, regardless of whether they're using all the modern SSO solutions with the modern MFAs plugged into them. And we, we have demos where we show doing this with major name brand SSOs and major name brand uh, MFAs with push notification plugged into the back, right? And the memo clearly says, you know, the uh, SMS, magic link, email pushes, uh, TOTP codes, like these aren't, these aren't real protections in a world where um, uh, SIM swapping is a thing that happens on phones, phishing uh, with man in the middle um, uh, proxies, all sorts of sophisticated ways of pulling out the man in the middle proxies to not just get at the credentials, but to actually steal the access to token of a, of a valid user and a valid set of credentials resulting in a valid session. Like they're, they're basically saying that model is completely broken. You've got to move to something that can do bi-directional authentication of the client, the server side of the connection that somehow ties that across layers in the OSI stack, right? It's not just about the transport channel, but it's the transport channel matches what's going on um, at the application layer. And there's only a handful of technologies out there that actually support that. And most of them are less than 14 months new in the marketplace. Uh, with the exception of the federal government doing like uh, uh, things like uh, PIV and CAT cards and whatnot. So Nelson, how would you advise organizations to take friction and MFA into consideration? Like if you could just say one helpful bit of advice to people out there, other than, you know, buy beyond identity, <laughs> something more nuanced than that. Uh, take a look at solutions that are hard to fish. Um, hopefully one that, that graduates the, the level of friction they, they impose on transactions, uh, depending on, on what the user is trying to do. Um, anything that's based on uh, user-initiated actions uh, is typically harder to fish um, rather than something like a push notification, which can be spammed or, or yeah. an SMS that can be compromised. Words to live by, Nelson, as always. Thanks for chatting this week, you guys. See you next week.